So I told you that uh, Christmas Eve service was going to be special. Didn't I tell you that? It was, wasn't it? Cool. It was fabulous. It was, uh, it was really, it was an event. And uh, just let me tell you how many people we had. Uh, between the two services, we had right just around, it was very close, I mean, almost on the dot, 2,000 people at those services. So, yeah, that's great. And uh, God, you know, obviously was working, and I just was very, just so much work and effort and time and planning went into that. And I just uh, am so thankful for all the staff and the volunteers and the people that just served. And, you know, I mean, that's a hard thing to do during Christmas Eve because you want to be with your family, and yet some people just said, we're here to serve. We just want to serve, and that's really cool. Well, this weekend, what we want to do is I want to give you a challenge, and I think this video, obviously, will be up on the website, so uh, we have talked about this, and I've been thinking about this and preparing this for months, (laughs) and so as I'm preparing for Christmas Eve, I'm also thinking about, okay, this series and this whole year, where are we going to go and what is it going to look like, and here's what I really want this to be for you. I don't know where you're at with your knowledge of the Bible. Um, I'm going to assume that some of you that are here this weekend uh, don't know the Bible very well and you feel kind of dumb. You wish you knew it better. And you know what? Some of you maybe were raised in a Christian environment where you supposedly got instruction in this and it's not... It didn't take. You don't remember. You can't keep track of things. And I was there, and I'm in a much different place today. And I've spent years and years and years studying the Bible. So what I really want to do in this whole series is help you to understand this book better. But the most important thing I want you to do and get from this series is I want this book to leak into your life. I want it to transform you. I want it to change you. Because just knowing people and places and the story of the Bible and the theological uh, themes and all those different things, that's good and it's important. But it's not nearly as important as knowing the Word and having the Word soak into your soul. And so that's really what it is. This Eat This Book Challenge is not really about you reading through the Bible this year. The goal is to compel you to take this book right here. If you brought your Bible with you, your physical Bible with you, hold it up right now. If you didn't, you may be using a smartphone. I get that. But here's, here's the goal of this whole series is to get you to daily do this. Okay? That's it. It's as simple as that. Just to get you to daily do this. Open it up. Reflect on it. That's it. If you do that, we've accomplished, mission accomplished. Now, we want you to become the person that God wants you to be. In other words, we want the Word of God, the Scriptures, to shape you, to change you, to mold you. And that's really what this is all about. And what what I want you to see this weekend is reflection on the Bible 
is standard operating procedure for the follower of Jesus Christ. It's not an option. It's not something you do if you feel like it. It, 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 it is what a, a regular follower of Jesus Christ does. It's standard, standard operating procedure. Now, there's three great reasons why you should join us in this Eat This Bible Challenge. Three reasons. The first one is, well, let me ask you this first before we get started. What's the most valuable thing that you possess? And you can't, you, you can't name your kids, all right? Take your kids out of the formula. Now, just you have a bulletin. Some of you have a bulletin. Just write it down in the bulletin. Write the one or two top, the most valuable things you have. Go and take 15 seconds and write those down right now. Don't look at me. Write them down on a sheet of paper. Just what are the three most valuable, two or three most valuable things that you possess? Not your children or your husband or your wife, okay? Write them down. Okay, so you don't have to show it to anyone. It's not a test. It's just, it's a way for you to think. So what I want you to do for a moment, and I'm going to encourage you to do this through the whole series, is I want you to turn to Psalm 19 for a moment. Psalm 19. And I want to read starting at verse, let's start at verse 7. And this is the psalmist, this is David, who's speaking about the Word of God. And he says this, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than, what does it say? Gold. Even the finest gold. Some translations translate that. They are more precious than gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. Now, According to Scripture, the psalmist is basically saying that the Word of God is the most precious thing that you possess. It is. And that's the first reason why you need to join us, because the Bible claims to be more precious than gold. Now, what is the current price? Well, I I looked today what the price of gold is, and it actually, through this last year, it's fluctuated between $1,700 and $1,800 an ounce. It's a lot of money for an ounce of gold. By the way, I absolutely love those shows on History Channel where these guys go under the ice and go up in Alaska looking for gold, they're out of their minds. They're crazy, but they're going so hard. They're, they're doing everything to get specks of gold. And they, they boil it, and they weigh it, and they, they pour it in a dish, and they all get around the dish. How many ounces do we have? That's a good lesson for us. We ought to mine for gold here, Right? Here's the gold mine right here. We hold it in our hands. The psalmist says it's not only precious, but it's sweet. It's sweeter than honey. What do most people think of the Bible? Most people that you work with, maybe go to school with or go to college with, neighbors, they think, well, the Bible is God's word. 
Or, and that's one end of the spectrum, they think it's God's word, they, they have respect for it, maybe even reverence for it. Others say, well, it's really full of man-made myths and errors. And that's the other side of the scale. And I don't know, when, in an audience uh, that we have this weekend, where you are at, you're probably somewhere in that spectrum, the continuum. But look at what Jesus said about the word of God. Again, I want to look at Scripture, and by the way, I think in uh, January, I'm not going to have the Scriptures up on the screen as much, and I'm going to require you, or at least encourage you, because I can't really require you, can I? I can't really get next to you and check your work. But um, I'm going to encourage you to bring a Bible or bring your smartphone, whatever, and read along with me. I will be using, when I preach generally, the NLT, the New Living Translation, okay? So, um, anyway, here it is. The Bibles in your uh, chairs have the NLT, so if you don't have that, you can look there. But notice what's going on here. The context here is Jesus is, gets, is, it's, is the beginning of his ministry. He's just been baptized, and John has basically said, you are the Son of God, and, you know, I need to be baptized by you, you know, and Jesus let it be as so. And the, the voice from heaven goes, this is my beloved Son, and I'm, I'm well pleased. It's almost, this is it, the beginning of his public ministry. And then what happens in chapter 4? Then Jesus was led uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, Notice he doesn't say, well, since you are the Son of God. He says, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now think about this. This this is Jesus who has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I can't go 40 minutes without getting hungry. Is that about right for you? I don't know. Maybe not. But here he is, 40 days and 40 nights. He's absolutely got to be starving. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the theme verse that we have for this, for this series and for the challenge for this year. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from from the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. I would encourage you to memorize that. So the second reason why you ought to join us for this challenge is because Jesus believed the scriptures were more important than food. Now, what he's saying here is Jesus believed that this is more important than physical food. He's really saying that we need two kinds of food. We need physical food, and we need, obviously, water, and we need food for our physical bodies. But we also need spiritual food for our souls. Our souls need to be fed, and, our, and, and we need something to feed them. Um, our souls, our minds, our hearts need to be fed. And I believe, I think, and, and I'm pretty sure that it's true, that there's always been... Uh, I think God creates us with a hunger for his word, a hunger for truth, a hunger for knowledge, a hunger for direction, a hunger to know him, which we find in the scripture, that we have this inner hunger, hunger that we really can kind of placate, but we can't ultimately fill. The only way we can fill it is through the scripture. But here's, here's the thing. 
I believe there is, is, a, is a famine in the land today. Uh, look at what Amos says. Amos says, the time is surely coming. I think it's already come, says the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now think about your life this last year. How often were you hearing his word, meditating on it, reflecting on it, hearing his word? There's a famine. There's definitely a famine. And we're in the middle of that famine today. And if we're his followers, then we should eat. Shouldn't we eat this book? I mean, is Jesus right or wrong? <laughs> if Jesus thought that this was bread for his soul, how much more should we think the same way? Well, I was thinking, well, why don't we reflect on the Scripture? Why don't, we, why don't we take it and, and use it more often? And I think there's a number of reasons. Number one, we're never, many of us, maybe you're one of those that are at the services, whether it's here or at the UD campus this weekend, you've never been taught how to meditate or how to reflect on the scripture. You've never been taught how to do that. You, you, you don't know what it is. So you don't know what, it, what I'm even talking about. Um. Or maybe you, you, you come to the scripture and you're, you're overwhelmed by it. You say, um, I tried reading once and I really struggled with it. Maybe you read an older translation that had these and thous and you got lost in that and you said, uh, I just guess it's me and I can't understand it. Well, guess what? Here's what's happened. They've made newer translations since 1611 and it, they, have modern, they actually have modern English, so you can actually understand it. And they have multiple different versions. And some of the Bibles, it's just crazy, I know, they have explanatory notes at the bottom to help you. Ex it, to, now, what I've noticed with the commentary and the study Bibles is they never answer the question you're asking. They always answer the question you're not asking. Oh, that's great, that's nice to know that, but that's not the question I have right now. It's like the, the, the elephant in the room question, it seems like, well, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this. And that's my own hang-up with those. So we don't understand the Bible, but a couple things that I want you to see here. First, understand that this Bible is not a book. It's a binder. It's a binder. It has 66 books. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. There's 27 books in the New Testament. And there's a 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This book was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 authors, but it has one message. Now, did you know that about the Bible? Did you know that this is a binder of books? It's not one book. It's 66 books. There's 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. It's been written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 authors, and it has one unifying dynamic message. Well, when you come to the Scripture and you understand that, that makes a difference because now we're looking at the Bible in a different way. Um, so, number one, we, we've never been taught how to reflect. Number two, the Bible seems overwhelming. We don't understand it. Number three, we think that what we, can get, we can be fed on the weekends. We think if I just come on the weekends, that'll be enough. Well, there's a couple problems with that. The, the first problem is you don't always come every weekend. I've noticed that. 
your attendance is pretty spotty. You're not here every weekend. The other thing is, let's try that with food. Let's try the weekend diet, okay? And we'll make a new diet. We'll, listen, you could sell this. People would buy this book. Call it the weekend diet. You only we eat on weekends. You don't eat the rest of the week. You just eat on the weekends. You go, well, I don't think that would work. You're right, it wouldn't work. And as it doesn't work for your physical body, it ain't going to work for your soul. So don't, don't think you can just live. Here's one of the problems, and I, I know there's no people like this in the audience this weekend. We are lazy people, and we don't want to put the effort in. That may be our biggest problem. Um, I think, though, that to me, the underlying, these are all surface problems. The underlying problem is I don't think we really believe that we desperately need to hear his word. I don't think we've come to a point where we say, I desperately need this. I need this more than bread. I, 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 I've not come to a point where Jesus was when he said, you know, I'm starving for bread right now, but I need the word of God more than I need bread. We haven't come to that point. Now, here's what I want to share with you, and I want you to hear this in, a, in the most loving, positive way that I can say it. You are responsible for your own spiritual growth. I can't take this Bible and open it up for you daily and read it for you daily. I can't do that. You have to learn to feed yourself. You have to learn to open it up and to reflect upon it yourself. We will help you do that. But in the end, I can't show up every morning and wake you up and open your Bible up and say, okay, we're here today. I can't do that. And I don't think you want me to. You need to get the Word of God for yourself. You can't rely on just the weekends for all of your spiritual sustenance. You need to eat this book during the week. We can't read it for you. Now, I've had people come to me over the years. People have left Hope Church. I know, it's hard to believe. Why would you ever want to leave Hope? It's such a... No, I, listen, I know that. We, we've had people leave, and I understand that we're not the only game in town. I understand that. And God bless all the other churches that are doing His work. We're not the only church. I get that. But we've had some people come to me and say, Pastor... We're leaving. And I say, okay, you know. And not really interested in why they're living, leaving, but they want to tell me. And they said, we're leaving because we're just not being fed. And what they mean by that is the sermons aren't commentary enough. I'm not dealing with the, the deeper issues, the uh, theologically... Uh, and, and, and a couple of thoughts come to my mind. One of the first thoughts that come to my mind is, wait a minute. So you're saying that you're not being fed. Are you saying that you're only eating on the weekends? That's it? Because many times these people come and they're, they're mature believers. And I'm thinking, wait, if you're a mature believer and you're not eating during the week, that doesn't seem like it's very mature. Okay? Or, I wonder, are you feeding yourself at all during the week? 
Have they learned how to feed themselves? And, and, and really, this is the one. The last one really is the one that bothers me the most. Have we somehow communicated to you that it's up to us to feed you every one of your meals? Have we, have we done that? Have we somehow communicated that to you, that it's our job to take the Word of God and to, to like, from the mother bird to the baby bird to drop it in your mouth? For you, is, is, have we done that somehow? I, I'm not trying to be smart here. I'm just saying that, that I think there's a mentality that maybe we've somehow are seen by people as responsible for all of your spiritual maturity. Can I just say a, a, a comment to teen parents? Don't ask your teen leaders to be the spiritual nourishment for your teens. They're not any more than I am for you. Or should I be? Here's the third reason that you need to join us. You need to learn how to make a sandwich for yourself. Now, what do I mean by that? Because that's kind of... uh, You know, when you have a baby, you don't expect the baby to say... You know, you bring the baby home, and it's a little baby. It's all cuddly and cute and all warm and wrapped up. And from the bassinet, is that the, that's not the wet one, right? The bassinet, that's dry, right? You know, because you have the baby bath and all that. You know, you get that. All right, so you put the baby in, and all of a sudden you hear this voice of, where's the fridge? You go, what? Where's the fridge? You go, okay, you shouldn't even be talking, let alone wanting to know where the fridge is. But if your teenager goes, Mom, Dad, I'm hungry, you go, well, the fridge is right over there. Go make yourself a sandwich, right? A sign of spiritual maturity is you're able to feed yourself. You're able to make a sandwich for yourself. You don't need Mom or Dad to make you a sandwich and cut it up, whether it's straight or or, uh, you know, the diagonal, that you can make your own sandwich. You're big boys and girls, and you can do that, right? That's maturity. That's what Christian maturity is all about. And I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, you know, the, the parallels are true. Spiritual maturity is, if you want to measure your spiritual maturity right now, Because our initiatives are 5 for 15. We want you to meditate on or reflect on the Scripture daily. We want you to pray daily. We want you to share your faith with others. We want you to use your gifts in your area area of gifting for the glory of the church and the church of the body. We want you to give sacrificially and regularly because we think that's important and Jesus has a lot to say about Those are the five. But we're we're looking at this first one, reflection. And one of the signs of maturity is you know you desperately need to reflect on the Word of God daily, and you figured out a way to do that. And you're doing that. That's kind of what we're talking about. So why should you do this? Well, from the Psalms, we learn it revives our souls. That our souls get, you know, your soul gets bogged down. It gets lifeless. It's kind of like, the psalmist is saying, it's kind of like reflecting on the Scriptures like an energy drink for your soul. It gives you a boost. It lifts your spirit. It encourages your heart. Uh, number two, because reflection on God's word brings correction to your heart. Um, 
you know, one of the things about life is that we need to make course corrections. We need to know when we're on the wrong road. We need to know when, when things, we're not taking, making good choices. And that's why James says this. He says, don't, this is James 1. He says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But, and he says, this is what you should do if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So in other words, James is saying the word of God, in reflecting on it, is, is really showing you. And, and it's, it's telling you, hey, I made to make a course correction. I've got some stuff here, and I've got a mess here, and this is what I need to do, and this is what I need to start doing, this is what I need to stop doing. And so we need to do that on a daily basis. And then because there's great reward in keeping his words. The word of God can direct your life. It can warn you. It can say, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't make that deal. Um, But we have to choose. But the scriptures help us to live, and not just live, but to live well. Finally, the word of God brings life. The word of God brings life. I hope I've made a compelling case as to why I think it's important for you to meditate, to reflect on the word of God daily. You say, what does it mean to, to reflect? Well, reflection just means, it's, if you've ever worried, you know how to reflect. Ref, worry is negative reflection. You're worried about uh, all the things that could go wrong, and you play them over and over in your mind. You dwell on them. You focus on them. You, 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 you eat them. You chew on them over and over. That's negative. Positive is you think about the promises. You think about the hope. You think about what Jesus has done. You reflect on those things. You allow the Word of God to encourage your heart, to give you life to give you correction or direction, all those different things. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to help you. Here's the nuts and the bolts of the Eat This Book Challenge. So we're going to jump to a couple of slides here. Number one, we've created a website, and it's dedicated, a web page that's dedicated just to this. And if you go to this address, ehope.org, eat, dash this dash book and we'll have a link off the front of the page so you can get it to it and that'll be up pretty quick here uh, the page is already working so if you just type in eat this book with the dashes after a backslash you'll come to this page and on this page we have a number of tools here's a couple of the tools we have we have the eat this book reading plan now the eat this book reading plan we have this actually for you tonight it's a, a, a reading plan for the whole year. It's not dated, so you could start at any time you want. And it fits, you know, look at this. It fits like perfect, like right, perfect, right? And uh, basically what you're going to do, like the first reading uh, is going to be Genesis 1 through 3 on day 1 and Psalm 1. And what we want to do is we want you to reflect, we want you to take time to read but again, what are we more, more interested in? We're not interested that you finish reading through the Bible as much as we are interested in that you reflect. On the side of this reading plan, we have the outline for SOAP, S-O-A-P, and that stands for the first S is Scripture. The O is observation. You make a few observations. The A is apply. How do I apply that? And then the P is I pray. I pray the Scripture back to God. 
And that may be a tool that will help. You don't have to use that. I'm not really interested in, in you getting bogged down and getting, okay, let's get the books out and all that. What, I, what are we looking for? We're looking for you to sit down and allow the Word of God to shape your life. That's what we're looking for. It's not a failure if you get up on day three and you read Psalm 3 and you don't read the Genesis passage, but you reflect on Psalm 3 and God speaks to you through Psalm 3. That's not a failure, that's a victory. Okay, this is the kind of what we're talking about. All right, so we'll have uh, a link on each your book to the, uh, you can get an application called version. There's a link to it. There's an application for the iPhone, for the Android, for the Blackberry, for the Palm, Whatever device you have for your desktop, you can use your desktop computer for this, and it will give you the reading, and you can go and just do a search for reading plans and just type in, eat this book. Blackhawk Church in Madison developed this, and you can just... Now, the cool thing about this is, by the way, you're going to get some days off. You're not going to be reading 365 days, okay? You don't have to do that the way the plan is set up. But here's the cool thing. If you get behind, they have a catch-up feature. And you can hit the catch-up feature, and they show you where you need to catch up. So you can actually catch up. But the nice thing about this is you could start this reading plan anytime. Here's another nice thing about it. You may have a family member. They, they don't live in town. They're not from around here. They're, uh, what do we do? They can do it. They could just go to this page, and they could do it along with you. you know, I think we'll have this uh, reading plan that they could print out for themselves, or they can actually look at it. So, in other words, we'll have all these tools online. So if you have somebody who lives in San Diego or, or Buffalo, New York, they could join you. They could be part of this thing. So that's another one of the tools we have. Maybe you're here and you're, you're an auditory leader, you're, uh, a listen, you're a listener, and you learn by listening. Um, you can get, through the U version, you can get a Bible where somebody reads it to you or for you, and you can do that, you know? So there's, a, there's in other words, there's no good reason, there's nothing that should keep you from doing this. I mean, if you can't read, you can do this. But the goal, again, is not to read through the Bible, but to allow the Bible to shape you. The third thing that we're going to have is videos. And we'll have uh, a site. We have a site where you can go to the message, uh, go to the reading plan, and this, uh, this site. And we are, actually have two videos, and we're calling it the Bible in Five. And we're just taking five minutes, and the first two videos I did... And we're gonna, the quality is going to get better and better, and maybe I'm going to get better. I'm not going to be doing them all. We're going to have other uh, people doing them. So they've got to get better and better because of that. But here's the point. We're going to go through and we're going to just say, here's what's happening. Here's what you should look for as you read. So you can actually watch the video before you read, and you go, okay, now i got kind of a guideline of what to look for and what's important and what's significant and who the characters are I should be looking at and what's happening and what. We're going to try to help you so we, we're kind of like walk with you as we go through this. So we're working on those videos. We actually have the videos done for the book of Genesis. So you can go tonight, you can go to this site, and you can watch those videos and, and see. Um, we'll have uh, more videos to follow, and hopefully that... The other thing we're going to have is this. We're going to have what we call um, a blog, and it's going to be one of... We're calling it, What's Up With That? 
And, you know, you read through this and you go, okay, this is really weird. I don't understand this. This is like nuts or this is, what is this about? What is this, what's happening here? And uh, you could just say, okay, I'm reading this passage and I don't understand this. And it'll get posted. And then one of the pastors will read that and say, okay, here's what we think or here's some references or here's where you can go. Or we'll try to explain it if we can. Okay, so we'll walk with you. So you'll, we'll have that. And that's off that page, the what's up with that blog, okay? And uh, you can go to that. The other thing and the last thing we're going to have is um, we're going to have a, a small group tool. We really want as many small groups as possible to be involved in this this next year. So if you're in a small group and your leader's not here, just say, hey, Pastor Matt was talking about this small group, uh, sermon-based small group material and Actually, I have the first week done, and it'll be in this format, and basically it just kind of gives some introductory comments. It tells you what to read through and, and think through, and then there's questions that you can discuss as a group. And uh, you can take that, download it from the website, print it out, and you'll have that for a small group. And you could, your small groups can kind of w- go through the Bible this year. And again, it's going to be a high-level study, but I guarantee you when you get done going through it this year, you're going to know the major events. You're going to have, somebody's going to be able to say to you, what's the Bible all about? And you say, okay, the general theme is this. And when they mention different characters, they say Joseph, you say, oh, there were a couple of Josephs in the Bible. There's one in the New Testament. There's one in the Old Testament. Well, in the Old Testament is found in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you talking about Joseph, who is Mary's husband? Because there's a couple of them. And somebody said, I didn't know that. I didn't know you knew the Bible so well. And you don't really know it so well, but you know it so much better than most people. But here's the point. You're going to know how to read it. You're going to know, you're going to have an overview. You're going to walk out at the end of the year and you're going to say, you know what? I not only know the Bible, but the Bible knows me. It's soaked in my soul this year and I'm a different person. I my language is different. My heart is different. My values are different. My, my life is different. My relationships are different. My, I'm looking at the world different. I have hope. I have purpose. I have meaning. I just, I just, my, just, just changed everything. Now, this is the challenge. We have thought about this, and other churches have gone before us. They've done it a year, the last year, and we're using some of the tools that they developed, but we're developing our own. And we're just saying, let's tailor it for our community Who's in? Are you in? Will you join us for this challenge? This is going to be great. This is going to change this faith community. I hope as many people as possible will take that challenge. And listen, let me just say this to you. You're going to fail. There's going to be days where you go, I'm behind. Fine. You're behind. So what? Get back in it. Get back in it. Those videos aren't going anywhere. You know, the, the sermons will be there. You, you can... You can, you, I just think one of the best, you know, you make these New Year's resolutions. One of the best resolutions you could say is, God, I not only want to know your word better, but I want your word to soak into my soul and feed my soul like it's never done. And I don't know how to do that, but this year, by hook or by crook, it's going to happen. And if it just even begins to start this year, that's a great start. Listen, it's the most 
It's the most prolific book, the most powerful book that's ever been written. Jesus says it's gold. It's more precious than gold. It's sweeter than honey. Your life would do well to take it in. Pour it in your life this year. Because the weekends is just not going to cut it. It's got to be during the week. It will change you. I guarantee you, you'll be different people at the end of the year. I hope you'll join us. Would you stand with me? Let's pray.